This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dawning, the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. This morning, we'll discuss the perfect meal for when the weather starts to get cold, which eventually it will. Chili. Where exactly did chili originate? How do you cook the best pot of chili? And what are the rules to having a chili cook-off competition? Join the conversation this morning with your phone calls. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. Or send an email to food at mpbonline.org. This is Deep South Dining from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. This morning, we're going to talk about the perfect for meal for when the weather starts to turn cold, which we think it will eventually. Uh, chili. Where exactly did chili originate? How do you cook the best pot of chili? And what are the rules to having a chili cook-off competition? We're looking for your comments and experiences this morning. Questions and comments, give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464, or you can send us an email, food at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Deborah. Hope that you're doing well this morning. Good morning, Kevin. I am doing absolutely fantastic, even better when I'm able to get some sleep. (laughs) I spent the whole weekend uh, catering an event that's happening today in Louisiana, and uh, actually, uh, they just left my house this morning about 630, um, you know, spent the night visiting and... um, you know, prepared a lot of food. So I'm excited to see how that turns out for them today. But I'm even happier when I can get in my bed. And uh, I hope you had a good weekend. Oh, gosh, it was fabulous. I mean, um, literally, I created a few new recipes. You know, I spent some time with friends and laughed and just had a good time. So, yes, it was a great weekend. Um, I got uh, a package from Blue Apron. So I was uh, doing some uh, recipes this week. Uh, and uh, learned the hard way uh, that uh, shallots are worse than onions in terms of uh, irritation to your eyes. Uh, well, yeah, they're in the onion family, Kevin. Well, and I think the other thing was I was uh, it called for mince, so I had a, a garlic press. Okay. And so I think it was really squeezing the juice out there. But uh, yeah, it. I mean it. It really was. I had to actually leave the kitchen for a number. Oh, wow. And my eyes got quite red. So, but it turned out really well. It was, um, it was a cod sandwich with uh, an endive salad. And so you made uh, a sort of a shallot vinaigrette. Uh, for the for the endive, and it took uh, took away some of the bitterness. So, a quick secret, Kevin. One of the things that I've learned about um, whether I'm mincing onions or shallots is t- if they are at room temperature, th- they're going to be more fragrancy. Okay, and so uh, so if they're colder when you're dicing and slicing, you have uh, less chance of getting you know the aroma in the air and all the extra ir- irritation. So I usually leave those items. Uh, chilling until I absolutely pull them out because if they're sitting there in their room temperature, they're just bursting, you know, full of effervescence, and mm-hmm. you know, so you don't want to uh, irritate yourself that way. And you know, and my grandmother would run hers under cold water while chopping. So there are things that turning once you slice them, turning them, <clears throat> you know, upside down, so that you don't have the exposed side out. Uh, also helps to eliminate some of the irritation. Uh, my friend suggested I stick my head in the freezer. <laughs> Well, you don't have to stick your head in the freezer, Kevin, but, uh, you know, just make sure that the vegetables are nice and cool uh, when you start chopping. It will help some. Yeah, and that thing I thought was interesting, I guess once you 
do it and it kind of releases its whatever because when I came back in the kitchen it didn't it didn't bother me at all but like I said it really it was it was pretty pretty bad I, I that was the probably the worst I've had that and I looked in the mirror and my eyes were all bloodshot so but uh, like I said it, it's sure, cleared up blame it on the onions Kevin <laughs> and uh, it turned out really good the uh the the two pieces of cod were nice and so it was um that and I think there was a little bit of garlic and like I said garlics and and shallot mixed in with the endive and then um I made a um a uh, caper aioli for the uh, spread there for the sandwich. So uh, I'd never had capers before, but that, that turned out really good, and it was very tasty. Uh, it was very simple, just added uh, in with um, <clears throat> some mayonnaise and a little bit of, ga- uh, of uh, garlic paste there as well, and it turned out well. So uh, the other thing was, the other dish I did was um, spiced beef skewers. Uh, so it was ground beef with some spices in it, uh, and then shaped into a, uh, put on a skewer, which I wasn't, Really sure why they did that other for presentation coming as soon as I started to eat them, I pulled the skewer off. But anyway, uh, there was uh, Lebana cheese for dipping, and which was uh, with a little uh, lemon juice. And so they've I've had that a couple of times. I guess it's a I think it's a Middle Eastern type cheese, but it's a mild a white cheese, a little bit a kind of a soft cheese. But it was very it's very good as a dipping sauce. You know what I love the most about you, Kevin? You are so fancy. Well, well, that's with the blue apron. You can't help it be. I mean, you know, I on my own, I don't think I would have ever purchased capers, but they came in the package. So capers are actually really nice. I, I, they have a kind of a pickly taste, you know, to describe them, and they work well with uh, chicken salads and tuna for you know people are looking for something to add in. But absolutely wonderful bite. So that was good. I've got uh, a hoisin chicken dish, I think, that I still have left to cook. So we'll do that this week and see how it goes. Uh, speaking of things cooked, uh, we're talking about chili today. And you uh, brought in a great chili, sort of a, a, a little bit of a twist. It was a, a white bean chili. Tell us about that. Oh, gosh. Yeah, Kevin. Uh, it's a it's my white bean chicken chili. And it is absolutely divine. Not too much heat, just a, n- a nice course of heat in there. But um, it's these wonderful white beans that I let soak uh, overnight. And then we cook them down the next day, Kevin, all day because I cook them in a slow cooker and they're nice and tender, uh, beautiful color. And then you've got these, this wonderful roasted chicken that I shredded really well. And of course, because I'm a Mississippi girl and I like that extra kick, I added in a little bit of sausage uh, into my chili. So you got some nice country pleasant going on in there. It's just a wonderful bite of chili. And then I served it with my brown sugar cornbread. So what a way to start Monday, right? <laughs> and that's what I love about cornbread and chili is that it, it you know, it, it kind of uh, helps the the smooths out the the heat there. But it was really, um, it was really good. And and, and kind, kind of like I said, kind of unexpected. You're thinking chili, which you know, the red chili made with beef and everything, which I like. But this was was really good, uh, really tasty. Uh, if you're listening this morning, we are going to be talking about chili. You can call in and tell us about your favorite chili recipes, or if you need a suggestion on how to maybe kick up your chili, uh, you can give us a call. The phone numbers are open and available. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. So uh, when we talk about chili, what um, what is the origin of chili? Where does chili come from? Well, you know, Kevin, this is so funny because everybody that cooks chili will tell you it started with them, right? But the reality is, is that chili is a very, very, very old dish. And it was said that uh, the Mayan Indians were some of the people that started the original uh, idea of chili because, you know, you had all this wild game that they were cooking. And in order to get rid of the wild taste, they would use these wonderful seasonings and spices to kind of cure the meat to get rid of that wild game taste. And as the years have progressed, um, you'll find that chili uh, literally showed up in almost every culture. You find it in uh, Asian cultures with uh, a lot of the same kinds of spices, same thing with Indian spices and that kind of thing. So chili really has a very old story. But, of course, it's, um, you know, if you're a Texan, (laughs) you're definitely going to own chili, right? (laughs) You know, we've talked about that, I think, in several different uh, dishes, and it's uh, interesting to me that, you know, these foods that we, we like so much are worldwide and it's like different cultures sort of have their own take on it and, and the slight variations. But it's it's kind of fascinating to me that 
I guess, you know, humans like preparing food in a certain <laughs> way. And, and uh, it, it's, it's amazing how many different cultures can kind of adopt the same thing. Oh, absolutely, Kevin. You know, uh, food is universal. It's like oxygen. We all got to have some. But the style of cooking and, and what excites the senses is pretty much the same thing. And it's something amazing about uh, the spices from chili peppers that really excite your, your palate as well as your brain. It stimulates you. So it is uh, natural that it would show up in so many different cultures because it is one of those foods that just kind of heightens your senses. We've got a caller on the line, so why don't we start off uh, by going to South Mississippi. As we say, good morning to James. Hello, James. Hey, James. Good morning. Good morning. I have a suggestion about cutting onions, dicing onions. Great. Let's hear it. Uh, Okay. Years ago, a very nice woman taught me something. She showed me exactly how to do it without it burning your eyes. On the cabinet, you know, where I have my cutting board and everything, okay, I have a fan, you know, just a regular desk type fan, mm-hmm. but it's set at an angle so it blows across my face, okay? Mm-hmm. And as you are dicing the onions up, as long as that fan is blowing across your face, guess what? No problem with cutting, cutting the onions up now. Very good. It blows wow. the, all the onion evilness away. <laughs> right. It, blow, it blows all of that away. <laughs> that is hilarious. All right. Hey, James, go ahead. It was just a simple thing to do, you know, to keep that from happening. I just thought I'd call in. All right. Thanks for the call. Good, good suggestion. It is amazing to see. You know, I I remember my mother chopping up onions and you would see the tears running down her eyes. And I said, boy, she really loves us (laughs) because, you know, these meals would not have onions. But um, uh, one of the things I said again, Kevin, you know, that's a great idea. Maybe, you know, if you want to use your fan. But if the vegetables really are cooler, uh, you, you know, you have a, a greater window of time of going ahead and chopping it up without getting so much of that, you know, effervescence in the air. One other tip that I've heard uh, that for chicken is the same thing. If you put the chicken in the freezer and firm it up a little bit, then when you cut it, because I know sometimes chicken, when you cut it, it gets all kind of slippery and it's difficult to cut into small pieces. But the, so the thought is put it in the freezer. Don't freeze it, obviously, but firm it up a little bit. And so then when you cut it, uh, it will be a little bit easier and won't kind of slide around on the cutting board as much. You mean the whole chicken or well, like pieces? Like, pieces. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I don't cut up whole chicken. That's a, that's another that's another step up there. We, we'll start off with just cutting up the pieces. Uh, we need to take a quick break. When we get back, uh, we've got some open phone lines. We need the chili lovers out there to call in and uh, share what uh, how you like your chili. Uh, maybe a special recipe or whatever, or uh, you know, maybe an experience uh, that you've had from eating chili. Give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. Our phone number is one eight seven seven. 672-7464. You can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. Talking about chili on Deep South Dining this morning on MPB Think Radio. Back with more after this. Support for MPB comes from the Pediatric and Congenital Heart Center of Alabama at Children's of Alabama, a cardiovascular care center for children in Birmingham, Alabama. More at childrensal.org slash heart. I'm Debbie Miner, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. Each week we discuss topics that have to do with keeping you in the best shape of your life or getting you in better shape one step at a time. From healthier eating to exercise routines to supplements and knowing how to read the signals that your body is showing you, Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit is here to help Mississippians feel their absolute best. Listen to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit this morning at 11 on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 
To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're talking about chili this morning. So if you are a chili lover and have a special recipe, maybe something, an ingredient that you put in your chili that you think really kicks it up a notch, to borrow the phrase from uh, Emerald uh, Lagazzi, uh, give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. 672-7464. You can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. So, Deborah, we talked about the idea of, you know, people, uh, different cultures having chili, and we have traditional kind of red chili, and you brought in this delicious uh, white bean chicken chili. Is there something, though, that is sort of has to be in there if you really want to call it chili? What What are sort of the base ingredients of a good chili? Well, one of the things that you absolutely got to have is some kumnum when you're making chili, Kevin. That is one of the seasonings that is just key to that ingredients. And, of course, you got to have chili peppers. <laughs> and they go from hot to hotter to, oh, my God. You know? <laughs> so you definitely got to have your chili peppers and your kumnum in there. Those are some of the bases. And, you know, after that, it's like just you can throw in everything including the kitchen sink. Uh, chili is a meat-based product for the most part, and it was something that you find a lot uh, on the trails. That, you know, the cowboys would, um, you know, rustle up something to eat, Kevin, and most of the time it was a pot of chili. And for over 200 years, so it said, there are some people called the chili queens, and you could find them in Texas. And they would be in the square, uh, and they would serve chili late at night. It was kind of like, you know, people were out drinking and dancing and partying and you'd have these women with their wagons and they would uh, all load them up with their homemade chilies and this went on for more than 200 years so it's been said and that um, literally people would stop and buy and this is where competitions came from Kevin because these women were out in the square and they were there of course to make some money and it was like who has the best chili and Mm -hmm. it just kept getting better and better and better until uh uh, they were shut down by the health department eventually. Mm. Uh, and so it went from there to people creating competitions all over the United States, all over the world. You can find some type of chili competition going on. And I mean, what better food to have than some chili? It's hearty, it's filling. And it was a way, again, you know, when uh, the cooks were on the trail, a lot of times the meat had gotten old or stale to cover up some of those issues, they would find all these wonderful spices and adding heat to it to kind of cure that taste. So who doesn't love chili, right? And also, I guess maybe the, the slow process that chili, that on a tough piece of meat, if you kind of you know slow cook uh, helps with the with the with the tenderness also. Oh, absolutely, Kevin. And it was being able to cook it long enough. You know, the cowboys are up early in the morning before sunrise, and they're coming in at dusk, and so you had all day or a couple of days to, depending on you know how long it took them to rustle up those cows to uh, cook a pot of chili, and you'd find these old uh, huge black pots, you know, and they would uh, slow cook them over a fire and uh, you'd have these wonderful bites of food when you came back. And the cooks knew to get it right because it was not uncommon for a cook to get hung up (laughs) (laughs) if the chili wasn't right, Kevin. (laughs) Nothing like pressure there. The Chili Queen, though, that would be a good name for a restaurant. Oh, look at you. There we go. There we go. All right. So Kevin's Chili Queen. Uh, you know, you can put cheese on most anything, I think, and, and, and help it out. I'm just curious, what sort of uh, what sort of cheese do you think you would put on a white bean uh, chili? Maybe a, a Swiss or maybe a some pepper white, jack? Some white cheddar, some pepper jack. You can go with some cheddar. It doesn't matter, Kevin. Just add your little bit of cheese and a dollop of Cool Whip if it's hot enough to calm down some of that heat. Cool Whip? Um, sour cream. Sour cream. I did, I did say Cool Whip, didn't I? Yeah, that's my kind of chili. That's right what there. I get for messing with you earlier, right? <laughs> that would be interesting. 
we've got some open phone lines. Again, if you're a chili lover out there, we need to hear from you this morning. What's uh, your favorite way to pr- pr- prepare chili? Maybe a secret ingredient. Do you like your chili hot, 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 or do you go with a little bit of a, a milder version? Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can also email the show food at mpbonline.org. So, you know, you talked about uh, cumin and uh, maybe some chili uh, powder, that sort of thing is kind of the basic uh, ingredients of spices. But again, other than that, it's kind of up for grabs and people put uh, different things into chili. Uh, There's a great debate about whether tomatoes should be in chili. What do you think? I say if you want them, absolutely. Um, You know, and if you're going to use some green chili cans already come with, you know, tomatoes added to it, and you can get them without it. But I like it with or without. Uh, Today we brought it in, and it didn't have any tomatoes in it, Kevin, but I'm not against it. It really is. It just depends on the region you're in and who you're feeding. You know, there are some people that are diehard against tomatoes. I don't know why. Uh, It gives it an extra taste. You know, nice tomatoes are a nice bite. I don't. I think you don't really. You're not really crazy about tomatoes. Well, I'll say that's interesting. On a on a slice or a, a hamburger or something. Or in a salad, I don't. But uh, to me, when you put to, uh, tomatoes in a dish like that, I, I do like it. So uh, like uh, some uh, crushed tomatoes uh, or something like that in the chili, I think would add some flavor and, and kind of add some thickness to it as well, I would imagine. Absolutely. You know, and, and really, when you're thinking about, uh, you know, and again, we, we said this before, a lot of the dishes that we so much adore now were created out of hard times. You know, and so when you're talking about feeding large groups of people and you and traditionally in Indian communities, everybody was eating together. And so there's these huge pots of food and you would they would gather in the corn and, uh, you know, the meat and the peppers and whatever onions and whatever they're going to put in. And they're feeding everybody in the community. Well, you know, it, it came out of a sense of survival. Even during the Great Depression, chili was something that um, developed a, a new attitude or. Uh, a new texture because people were looking to survive and to feed, you know, large families. It used to be that it wasn't uncommon to go to somebody's house and, you know, there were seven or eight kids or even 13 or more children in a house. And that's a lot of people to feed. So you you try to find these feelers, you know, to add into your food to just survive the day. And so uh, it's not uncommon to have corn added in, uh, to have, again, you know, we added beans in. Because uh, some chilies come without beans, uh, so but if you're looking to to add those fillers, that that's something that you would add in um, to to add that extra heaviness to your to your chili. Yeah, I could imagine uh, you know a big big buck about vat of chili would be great for you know a whole family really hearty, and uh, as we said, especially when it gets chilly. Not pun unintended. Uh, in the fall and the winter, that would be a great uh, thing for for a big big family like that. Looks like we have a phone call on the line. Let's go to Pascagoula. Scott has called in today. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, Good Scott. Morning. Good morning. What do you have for uh, us? You were talking about uh, ingredients that are kind of uh, off the radar. Uh huh. I always pour it at least one st- dark stout beer. Uh huh. And Very sometimes good. one and a third, so I can drink the other. <laughs> <laughs> Would this be the drunk chili? <laughs> so what uh, What do you think, how does that add to the chili uh, taste, Scott? Uh, the, just a, just a more robust flavor? Yeah, it, it boosts the flavor up a little bit, and it uh, kind of gives it a, a little darker color. Mm-hmm. All righty. Thanks for the call. Good suggestion there. Uh, uh, and as I said, you know, uh, one one for the chili and one, one for eating with the chili. <laughs> we- one for you, two for me, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Got another caller on the line. So now we say good morning to John in Madison. Hello, John. Hey, John. Good morning. Hey. Uh, I used to cook chili competitively with uh, with one of the chili circuits uh, oh, wow. back in the day. and. Uh, I had a few tips I thought I'd share that uh, everybody seemed to use. Everybody had their own unique recipes, but there were some common things that uh, everybody thought made for a better chili. Okay. One of them was uh, to use a, a cut of meat called a chuck tender. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't, not, not a chuck roast, it's called a chuck tender. You can find them anywhere. And uh, you partially freeze the meat and, and, uh, cut it up into little chunks, and that's just about everybody on the chili circuit used that cut of meat. 
the second thing, and this is for everybody, be sure and use the very best chili powder you can find. Absolutely. That, that makes the biggest difference. And the best chili powder that I found available around here is called Gephardt's. Okay. Uh, it's 100% chili powder. It doesn't have a bunch of other different spices in it. You can spice it yourself later with the cumin and the, all that kind of stuff. Uh, some people uh, actually use prunes uh, in their chili. Wow. They would drop whole, whole prunes in it and let the prunes simmer and let some of that sweetness come out. And then they would take the prunes out before you turn the chili in because the chili couldn't have any fillers hmm. of any kind, no beans or anything. Mm-hmm. And then uh, most folks would cook their chili, let it simmer for a while, and then turn it off uh, and let it sit. Uh, and then turn it back on and heat it up just before turn-in time. And mm-hmm. that seemed to make the flavors come out better. All right. So d- tell me a little bit more about the competition, because as I was doing a little bit of research, this is some serious stuff. People really uh, are very competitive, uh, and I've heard that it can be very lucrative as well. Um, I can't prove the lucrative part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's kind of the other way. It's more of a... Uh, more of an expense but yeah people uh it, it's not as cutthroat as barbecue competitions by any means mm-hmm. uh it's similar to barbecue competitions and there's usually a lot of beer involved uh, <laughs> uh it's it's a lot of fun i remember uh one time there was a cook that uh the wind took uh caught their umbrella and blew their whole thing over and the chili sprayed everywhere oh wow Every uh, chili was ruined, and everybody pitched in. Somebody had some meat, somebody had some chili powder, and they threw one together right before uh, turning time and got like fifth place. Oh, wow. That's so fantastic. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot lower key uh, than um, than the barbecue competitions. And the world championship for Cassie, which is the Chili Appreciation Society International, is held in Terlingua, Texas, which is almost impossible to get to. Uh, there's no running water there, and it's. Uh, I, I have only qualified once, and I've never gone. I understand it's a little bit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, can you tell us some of the rules to chili competitions? Uh, well, you can't have any fillers, so no beans, no, uh, no visible chunks of tomatoes, no rice, uh, none of that. It's only meat and gravy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really pretty much the only rule. Um, uh, you you cook all day, uh, start about 9 in the morning, you finish up, usually turn in somewhere around 2 or something like that. You put it in a 16-ounce styrofoam cup, uh, it's judged, and then, uh, and then they announce the winners at the end of the day. Um, it's a lot of fun. If you find a chili cook-off, just show up, and people will help you. Uh, uh, turn in a reasonable bowl of chili. Wow. So was it usually a panel of judges? Yeah, a lot of times it's, you know, local celebrities, newscasters, uh, somebody like you, Kevin, would be a judge. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's uh, they they tell you to, uh, they give you just a few tips on judging, but uh, like, you know, taste, how does the chili look, how does it feel in your mouth, does it burn you, you know, more than, than you like or whatever, and and uh, some some people say it's you rate it from zero to ten, and some people say that you give the first chili you ever you taste in the competition a six, and then and then you rate the rest of them better or worse than that, mm-hmm. and uh, they average all the scores, and and uh, uh, and it's a blind tasting. They use little tickets like you tear off at the fair, and and uh, they call out your number, and and uh, it's a lot of fun. All right. Hey, John, thanks for the call. A lot of interesting stuff there about the chili cook-offs. And <clears throat> anyone out there that is organizing a chili cook-off and needs a celebrity judge, I, or quasi-celebrity, <laughs> I guess I'll, I'll uh, name myself as, I certainly uh, would volunteer for that duty. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> if, if it involves food, call Kevin. <laughs> we need to take another quick break. When we get back, we're going to continue our chili discussion. And again, looking for chili lovers out there to call in and maybe share their uh, secret ingredients, what they use to really make a great bowl of chili. The number is one. 877 MPB ring. Our phone number is 18776727464. You can also email the show food at mpbonline.org. We'll be back with more after this.
This election year has been unpredictable. It can be hard to keep track of what's true and what's not. But NPR's election team wades through it all so you don't have to. Be informed. Listen to this station every day. Hi, I'm Dan Holliday, one of your new meteorologists here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. In fact, I received my training through Mississippi State University, one of the finest in the country. We're committed to delivering you timely weather information day and night, seven days a week. And when the weather gets serious, we'll be with you every step of the way. Your place for staying a step ahead of Mississippi weather is MPB Think Radio. Some of Christoph Niemann's best illustrations are visual puns, seemingly effortless moments of wit. But he says, What creates that moment is a hundred very boring, unsexy steps. You know, move the line a little further to the left, draw a dog instead of a cat. I'm Ari Shapiro, the sweat behind the sparkle, later on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're talking about chili today, so if you'd like to join in our conversation, just pick up the phone and call us at one eight seven seven. MPB Ring. It's one 7464 You can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. Looks like we've got a couple of callers on the line, so let's start again in Pennell. Laura's on the line. Good morning, Laura. Good morning, Laura. Good morning. How are y'all today? Fantastic. Doing good. Good. Well, I love chili. I'm from Texas originally, um, and in Texas you don't fix chili with beans. However... I love chili with beans, especially black bean chili. Mm. Um, one of the, the colors that you had earlier talked about chili powder. The chili powder that I love to use, especially with black bean chili, is called a Pasillo Negro chili powder. And I ordered it online from a, a group called Mount Hope, and it is the best chili powder I've ever used. And, uh, well, I won't discuss my age, but anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, And then also, um, some people, as you mentioned, don't like tomatoes and chili. Um, I found that you can use, um, the gentleman that talked about the stout beer, Mm -hmm. really, really good addition to chili, but you can also add about a half of a can of natural pumpkin or about a cup of of, uh, pumpkin puree and mix it in there with that stout beer, and it gives it a really good mouthfeel, mouthfeel. Um, feel, not full. Um, um, And then finally, I have made chili with pork before. If you do that, I add just a little bit of nutmeg, and it gives it a really Mm -hmm. good depth of flavor. All right. So, Laura, do you have to, uh, are you banned from uh, Texas because you say you like your beans (laughs) and your chili? (laughs) I am not banned from Texas. They do make a red Texas chili that has red beans in it. Um, but my family is not a fan of red beans. They prefer black beans, so that's why I use that. Um, but I have been to numerous chili cook-offs, and those do not have the beans or the corn or the... All the good uh, stuff. Any of that stuff, yeah. yeah. But we, we sure do use it. We like it a lot. All right. So. Uh, thanks for the call. And, boy, black bean chili, that sounds uh-huh. really good. I, I'm a big fan of black beans as well. <clears throat> and actually, uh, you know, my thought on the beans or no beans, I'm, I don't like red beans too much either so i would say no but again certainly black beans and then with the the white beans with the the chicken and the, and the chili white bean chili is always really good it, it makes it a little bit heartier i think and uh so so i'll take chili either with the beans or without uh, I'll, i'm an equal opportunity eater there <laughs> i actually like them both ways too kevin it, it really doesn't matter but i i like the the red beans i think um for me it is really you know cooking them down to their nice and tender uh, i like to add a little bit of butter uh in the beans because you want to pick up that extra flavor along with uh you know the seasonings that that you use to uh, make sure that that you get a nice taste and texture to those beans you know back to the phone lines we go mikey's called in from mobile good morning mikey hi mikey hi. how are you 
I'm doing great. I'm so glad to hear y'all this morning. Um, this is a wonderful show, as usual, um, giving me all kinds of thoughts. Um, uh, first of all, um, the difference between chili and, okay, seafood, we call it gumbo or chowder, right? Mm-hmm. And um, other things we call stews or soups or even stoops, which is kind of an in-between. It's, you know, it's like, I, it just started me thinking about that. Chili basically is called chili because of the chili in it, right? Absolutely. And so, um, okay, now I'm a little bit prejudiced here, but um, the very best chili you can have is to grow your own. And it is anybody can do it, probably even in an apartment. Um, if you've got enough of a, a south side window, Miss um, Deb, you know more, uh, you know as much or more about gardening than I do. No, that would be Felder. <laughs> that well, would definitely be Felder Russian for sure. <laughs> it certainly is Felder too. You know, it's like, but uh, yeah, but I have uh, plants now. I have lost them this year because of the drought and because I needed to be away, like Felder often does. But um, I have once you grow, once you start a plant, a pepper plant of any kind, and it can be in a pot. It doesn't have to be a huge pot. Um, it can be something that that is windowsill size if you've got the right window, and it will grow. I've had the ones that I lost this year, four years old. Wow! So um, uh, I just wanted to point that out. The onions, Kevin, you were talking about cutting up the onions. Right. I got another trick that um, that I learned. Um, Light a candle. Oh. The candle, because it's a sulfuric acid in the, in the onions, I believe. Now, I'm not a scientist here, so a scientist can call and correct me. Um, uh, but if you light a candle while you're cutting the onions, it will absorb the acid, the, the sulfuric acid gas that's coming off of the, the thing. Okay? All right. Mm-hmm. And, and thank you all so much. Um, I make chili with only beans. Uh-huh. Um, uh, because I use the soy products, which, um, you know, just use this. You, you know, y'all know what I'm talking about. The soy mm-hmm. analogs, you can find them in any grocery store now. But I'm telling you, these uh, these wonderful suggestions, I've thought about cho- uh, uh, chocolate. I don't think that's been brought up yet. Um, coffee is good. Uh, the beer, of course, is very good. Um to add, you know, in little bits, um, but pumpkin, I hadn't thought about, and the black beans, of course, I love, um, and uh, some people like rice with it, and I don't know anybody that doesn't like cornbread, but you got to go easy on it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Mikey, thanks for the call. Good to hear from you. Absolutely. And you know, about growing your own, I've got a little ground beef plant in my backyard that is really starting to bloom. A ground beef plant? <laughs> <laughs> Well, she said grow your own, so I, I, you know. Oh, I think she meant the chilies. Okay, I'm sorry. I missed something there. So, Uh, but speaking of, you know, we talked about uh, meat for your chili. You brought in this delicious uh, chicken uh, chili with the sausage in it. Obviously, there's ground beef. There's uh, the uh, the the uh, cut that our friend John from the chili cook office mentioned. The chuck tender. Uh, I've done uh, uh, turkey, ground turkey. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's the you know one of the other good things about this is so many different things can go in that pot of chili. Absolutely. Um, Traditionally, what you find is a lot of beef uh, in the chili. Uh, Years ago, uh, it was a lot of buffalo. You might have even found some deer in there. Whatever the wild game that was caught, uh, it became the chili base uh, in terms of meat uh, for that particular pot of chili. Got another caller on the line, so we say good morning to Kathleen in Osaka. Good morning, Kathleen. Hey, Kathleen. Good well, morning. What a beautiful day. I need the bowl of chili to get me up and at it. <laughs> now, I was calling to give just, you know how I have tips sometimes. Right. Well, if you cook a lot of chili, spray the bottom of an ice cube tray and put the chili in there and freeze it. Usually one hot, uh, one little ice cube for a hot dog, two for chicken, and you can go bonkers if you want to. But if you um, make a lot of mac, go ahead. It takes the same energy to cook a little bit of mac or uh, cheese or shells, you know. Make a whole bunch. And just put, like, in Ziploc bags, Tupperware, take it out, pop in the microwave. You can add your chili on the mac. We all know you can put hot dogs in the mac. But you can also add the black beans. You can add the uh, cheese on top. You can add the corn the black olives, sometimes even for a party, you could set up like a little uh, chili 
tray where you could pick what you want for toppers. And it kind of makes it fun. All right. Very good, Kathleen. Always good to get some uh, good tips. You know, something I just thought of is that um, what I might try is the ice cream, I mean, not the ice cream, but the ice cube (laughs) tray uh, would be with uh, spaghetti sauce. Because my thing is I get a big jar of spaghetti sauce and it always ends up, you know, if you don't use it right away, kind of languishing there in the refrigerator. But uh, that's a good idea because then you've got, as you say, a little bit easier portion control. You know, as she said, maybe one cube for, for one bowl of uh, spaghetti and, and two for more, that kind of thing. So uh, thanks for the call, Kathleen. We've got some open phone lines. Need to take one final break this hour. But when we get back, we'll wrap up our discussion about chili. Still time for you to call in, though. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. 672-7464. You can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. We'll be back with more after this. home for live election coverage. Listen on election night for results and analysis from Mississippi's election authority, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Some of Christoph Neiman's best illustrations are visual puns, seemingly effortless moments of wit. But he says, what creates that moment is a hundred very boring, unsexy steps. You know, move the line a little further to the left draw a dog instead of a cat. I'm Ari Shapiro. The sweat behind the sparkle later on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. Debbie Miner, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. Each week we discuss topics that have to do with keeping you in the best shape of your life or getting you in better shape one step at a time. From healthier eating to exercise routines to supplements and knowing how to read the signals that your body is showing you, Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit is here to help Mississippians feel their absolute best. Listen to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit this morning at 11 on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're talking today about chili. We got another phone call on the line. Our friend Joey in Tremont's on the line. Good morning, Joey. Good morning. Hey, Joey. Good morning. Fantastic. How are you today? Well, I'm just so fine. I can't hardly stand myself. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. I I, I got a little little bit of a hint like I do sometimes. Once you get your chili to go with, you boil you some uh, like 40, 50 count shrimp and then dice them up. And put them over in there the last five, ten minutes of cooking. Huh. That that adds to the texture, and it puts a little bit of a surf and turf to it. There you go. <laughs> that's a good one, Joe. I've never heard that, but that's uh, great. You know, we love shrimp down here in the south, and so that would add a little uh, extra uh, uh, something to your chili. So that's a... Uh, that's a, that's a that way really to kick is it up. a first for me, Kevin. I've not uh, had chili with shrimp in it before, but you know, I'm willing to give it a try. So, um, one alarm, two alarm, that sort of thing. That usually refers to how spicy the chili how is. How much right? heat you got going on, Kevin? And you can go up to five alarms. And I'm telling you, 
I have seen and had chili so hot that it makes you swell. Matter of fact, I had a friend that made some chili, Kevin, and you could smell the heat before you even tasted it. It was just crazy. And the whole thing is just to see how much you, you know, you, how much of that you can indulge without literally passing out. But to have enough heat in that chili sometimes to cause you to sweat is really crazy. And people really like it super hot. Um, I like it usually between one, two and a half. I'm good. After that, it gets a little bit, for me, a little bit uncomfortable. But that's why there's so much beer with chili. <laughs> you get you a hot bowl of chili and a cold beer and you're good to go. But also, though, that's uh, you'd mentioned the Cool Whip. I mean, the sour cream. <laughs> But we actually, so bad. <laughs> that does. Uh, that's a trick. If you made the chili too hot and it's too hot, you can cool it down with the uh, sour cream. With the sour cream, absolutely. And I, and I also say we've talked about chili powder. I made the mistake once of, oh, here's some chili powder and just, I mean, really loaded it up there and it paid for it. So you got chili powder is really, really spicy. Right. You so, want to make sure that you um, build the flavors. When I'm cooking anything, Kevin, I want to build the flavors. You can always add more, but if you put too much in from the on start. It's really, uh, you know, trying to dial it back it becomes really interesting. So normally what I do is I'm going to season the meat as I go, little by little. And uh, there's a word that all the chili cookers would be familiar with. It's called soot. It is mm -hmm. S-U-E-T. And it is uh, fat from an animal that, you know, is using it. Most original chili cookers would use some of this to kind of add the extra flavor in. And then a little bit of chili powder with whatever meat. You're going to add your cumin your onions, your celery, your basil, whatever you're going to add in that, just th those seasonings, little by little to build those flavors up as you go. You know, I remember years ago, uh, David Letterman had a, a, a trick or a little stunt where he had a suet suit. They had like, and, and <laughs> I forget what they dipped him in, but it was one of those where they hadn't really thought it out and he nearly he did nearly die, but it was not the it was not the outcome that they thought it would be. But uh, I mean, who wants to walk around? With, I mean, that adds new meaning to the word fashion of fat. <laughs> you know, the kids say that's fat, but you know, it's crazy. There's one of the uh, the mixes that you can get in at the grocery store that I like that has um, it's I think it's actually called two alarm chili, but it, it's got all the the spices and everything, and it, and so it's like. You can, you know, um, take, put put in as much as you like, you know, to your heat. So you can control the heatness based uh, uh, the heatness the heat based on how much of the ingredients you put in. But again, I will say from personal experience, that's one of those things where maybe put a little bit in, do a taste. Okay, I can get that a little bit hotter, that sort of thing. Because short of the sour cream and maybe a couple of other tricks, you can't really go back from right dialing that back. And yeah. then the thing about it is, is chilies are going to. You know, if your chili is going to sit a day or overnight or a couple of days, that heat is going to intensify mm -hmm. as the chili gets older. So you have to be very mindful of that as well. Uh, so you may want to taste it that day. And if you feel just comfortable with the heat, just know that the next day that that heat level is going to increase because those seasonings have had time to just kind of, uh, you know, dial into your, your dish uh, and, and increase the heat level there. So, you know, we talked about it being the, all the different things that you can put in there. So do you think chili is a meal on its own or are some things maybe that would be a good side item to go along with it? Chili, for me, is a meal served by itself. Uh, that's the way I like to serve it. Uh, it was... Um, uh, what one of our callers said by adding rice to the dish or you want, you want to serve it over top of your favorite noodles or whatever is, you know, always a thing to do. But just a good bowl of chili, some crackers or some cornbread or some tortilla chips. Uh, and it depends, uh, you know, because chilies can be really thin or very heavy in texture. Uh, but always just one of those meals that you can serve by yourself. It's like a great bowl of soup. You really don't just don't have to have anything else with it. You know, I would agree. You know, certainly a gumbo that is uh, rice in there, but I I wouldn't. I don't think I would like rice uh, with my chili. Although I guess it is. Isn't it the chili in Cincinnati they serve over like spaghetti noodles, I think? Absolutely. So, again, you know, it really just depends on, you know, where you are, you know, what part of, you know, the world that's indigenous to you. But rice is comfortable with chili. It's not, you know, uncommon to get that. I've even seen people serve chili over mashed potatoes. I've had that. It was fantastic. I'm not against it. But uh, again, you know, just being an old Mississippi girl, a good bowl of chili, my favorite socks, 
a nice blanket. I'm good to go, Kevin. Mm-hmm. But I do like, uh, I, I don't know why it's so much, but I do, you know, the cornbread does seem to be a good uh, a, a, a go along with that. I guess it's a, maybe, again, the texture. It helps maybe cut down a little bit. Um, on, if it's a little hot, the, you know, the fact that the, the texture of the cornbread might get some of the... Um, the hot stuff that catches the in your tongue, I think, because that's I've I've often heard that that's why you eat bread if something is too hot because the bread the the chili things catching the little ridges of your tongue and so bread or so or something like that helps dislodge all that and. Uh, well, I haven't heard that. I just like cornbread. Well. <laughs> I just <laughs> it ain't got to be all technical. I just like me some nice fluffy cornbread. And today, like I said, we brought in some brown sugar cornbread, and it's really simple to make. It's just. Um, uh, you got a cup and a half of uh, cornmeal. You got a cup of flour because, you know, we had a large group of people here. And I used a uh, half a cup of brown sugar and uh, two teaspoons of, I'm sorry, tablespoons of white sugar. I added in a pinch of salt, a little baking powder, two eggs, a cup of milk, whipped it up really good. And I added in a fourth a cup of really hot water and a little bit of melted butter, Kevin, stirred it up all together. Added in a little cracked black pepper, popped it in those muffin tins, and we're good to go. It was very, very good. And, you know, we haven't really talked about it, but chili can be that main dish, but also it's a great topper for uh, hot dogs and hamburgers. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's why I said it depends. You know, chili becomes very thin or it can become very heavy, and it's nothing like having a wonderful hot dog piled on with chili and onions and cheese, Kevin. Matter of fact, when we leave here, let's go get a hot dog with chili on it. All right. And, you know, actually, my favorite fast food place for chili burgers is Ward's, which is, uh, I think, I don't know if it gets quite up here. It's it's mostly in South Mississippi. I know there's one uh, in McGee. That might be as far north as they get. But if you're ever in South, traveling through South Mississippi uh, and you want to try a really good uh, chili cheese burger or hot dog. Uh, now, I think that there's a ward that I went to in Tupelo, Mississippi, saying oh, really? good morning to all the wow. folks in Tupelo today. Yeah, but absolutely, Kevin. All right, uh, Dudley, sorry we don't have time for your call. We are right out of time, but we appreciate everyone that called in and shared their chili recipes and stories with us. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Jonas Adams, and our call screener today was Debbie. For Deborah Hunter, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned. Up next at 10, it's Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey. That's followed by Southern Remedy at 11. We'll be back next Monday at 9 for another Deep South Dining. Heard only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.